podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on a Monday, or maybe you listen to us on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, whatever. It's the first episode of the new week with me, as they always are, to recap the weekend that was and look ahead to the weekend that will be and anything else that we feel like touching on. Jamie Steyer. New homeowner, Jamie Steyer. Congratulations, Jamie. You got the keys. Got the keys. Congrats. How many? How many? Uh, how many bedrooms? Uh, three and a non-conforming fourth in the basement. The basement has a full bar. The bonus room. How many bathrooms? How many baths? Uh, a bath and a half with like a just really horrifying shower in the basement. That <laughs> it look. Look, it. I'll send you a picture. Okay, it's kind of terrifying. You by like, saying that, you have to put pictures up on Twitter. Yeah, now. no, I will. It's wild. Like it was clearly just self-installed, and it's just like a little concrete room next to um, the laundry room. And the inspector's notes on it are just a trip. But the the house is great. You you're gonna have to read. Why did you not tell us this? I would have asked you to read the inspector's notes on it on the podcast. We can make that a bonus segment, maybe an Instagram only. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, With that the other, pictures. Yes, the other voice you hear, Andy Mitz. How's it going, man? That is such a great way to start a podcast. It's fantastic. <laughs> I've got a creepy shower, a basement shower. I think I'm just gonna put like a bookcase in front of it and ignore it. No, no. No, you you make it's you not let it usable. Be a creepy shower. Well, it's, no, not, it's not. Oh, I'm it's sure you can find usable. a use for it. Maybe, it's disgusting. Maybe you can't use it for what the <laughs> previous homeowner intended it to be used for, but I'm sure you can find a use for it. Surely you could put like a cardboard cutout of somebody that just like stays in it. Well, I mean, yeah, that's probably that's probably fine, but it's really muggy in there. I don't know. I, You'll understand. It, You'll understand it, when you it, see it. I'm I'm just going to say it. Uh, it feels like the perfect place to put a cardboard cutout of Fran. Straight out of an Eli Roth film. Okay, let's let's move on because we've got a lot of things to get to today. A lot of things uh, to get to today. We got some, some Twitter questions. I put a call out. We're going to get to those here at the back end of this podcast. Um, we've got some random nonsense that just pops into my head and I want to talk about. We've got some news to get to and, of course, some updates on sports going on around the country. Let's start with the NCAA Women's Golf Championship. Look, Stanford won it running away. They finished 18 and under for the tournament, 11 under on day three. Um, they, they win. Congrats. But Oklahoma State finishing in third all by themselves after a six under par day three, uh, finishing four over for the tournament to win their best performances ever. So congratulations to the Cowgirls there. Uh, Texas finishing in fourth, one spot behind them at six over par for the tournament. Uh, Baylor finished in 13th. So congrats to them. The men's tournament gets underway this coming weekend. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more on Thursday's episode. But very excited for it. Um, Obviously, if you've listened to last week's episode, we had uh, Brentley Romine on. He picked one of the Big 12 teams that he thinks will uh, will win the tournament, and it's not the team ranked number one, which is Oklahoma right now. 
in the nation. Oklahoma State uh, playing pretty well as well. Let's move over to softball real quick. Uh, Oklahoma has advanced out of the Norman Regional after just curb stomping Wichita State in the uh, in the regional final. There, that was oof. Wichita State feeling real good. Bottom of the first inning goes up four nothing, and then my just just over. It was just it. They oh you won twenty four to seven. That's just so for anybody who on Twitter who was grappling about Wichita State getting sent to Norman. I think you're okay. Oklahoma State advancing out of the Stillwater Regional after uh, run ruling Mississippi State ten to two. They had a clean three and zero as well, outscoring their opponents twenty nine to five. Oklahoma State pretty good. Uh, they are currently, as we are recording this, the the final in the Austin Regional between Texas and Oregon has been rain delayed, rain delayed, rain delayed, rain. It's supposed to be like 4:30. It's 8:15. It has, I think, it just now started. So I'm going to assume Texas is going to win one of these last two games here and advance out of the Austin Regional, and we'll meet Oklahoma State in Stillwater for the Super Regional. And we'll talk more about that on Thursday as well. We've got a lot to talk about Thursday. I've got to figure out how to cram it all in. Oklahoma currently awaiting uh, the winner of the Seattle Regional between Michigan and Washington at the moment. The top of the fourth, and Washington's up 2-0. They've got to win back-to-back uh, over Michigan to advance. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Iowa State was eliminated, uh, but I will say props to Iowa State. Um, they lost the opener there in the Columbia Regional against UNI, uh, but bounced back, came all the way back through the loser's bracket, got back to the regional final. They lost to Missouri. On Sunday, but you know, again, this is an Iowa State team who was playing in their first regional since 1988. So thank you to Coach Pinkerton for coming on the show back on Thursday as well. If you haven't listened to that interview, you really should. It's a really fun and exciting interview. I really enjoyed it. It's great to get to talk to Coach Pinkerton. This is, I know we don't like moral victories, whatever, but for a team that is in a program that's kind of moving in the right direction, I think this is a good step for Iowa State. Next one, of course, would be to get themselves a regional win. Uh, and Baylor, well, yeah, that was they, that was they made a regional. Uh, Baylor ended the season about as poorly as you could. Zero and two in Oklahoma City for the Big Twelve tournament. Zero uh, and two in regional play. They didn't score a run. Well, I, I, you know, sometimes you can have takeaways like for Iowa State. Like I think it's I think they should feel good about what they accomplished. And never this won year. a game, you know. Right. Um, I think Baylor should just probably okay that the season's over at this point. And um, we will we look forward to Super Regionals next weekend. Obviously, Oklahoma Oklahoma State will be hosting Super Regionals there. Uh, we will wait who their opponents will be. We'll have some clarification later. We'll figure that out. Uh, speaking of, uh, uh, let me before we move on, any thoughts thus far, everybody? Jamie, do you have any thoughts on, on Iowa State softball team? Well, I mean, it's just cool to have them have that kind of success. Like, obviously – is it as far as you want to go? Ideally, no, but I mean, that's a huge jump to go from not making it for that long to then winning your first ever NCAA tournament game and winning a couple of them. Like, that's awesome. Sammy Williams is an absolutely unreal athlete. I mean, just how cool is it to have someone like that put her trust in a program that had struggled historically and what she was able to do for the school? Obviously, it's not just her but so much of it can be traced back to her 
you know, her abilities, her influence on the team. So it's just definitely really cool to see teams like that have so much success. And I think it's awesome how the Iowa State sports community is is pretty good about rallying around that and being able to support those teams. Obviously, it, it it's it's hard to um, get as much support as those Olympic sports deserve, but I think that Iowa State is better than than a lot of schools at at least acknowledging it when they're not top of the country, they still are getting, getting good support. Okay. I don't mean to pile on here. Baylor finished the season. zero and eight. Not ideal. It happens. It does. You know, three of the goes were against Texas. Well, you know, it's, it's also one of those things though. Look at the top, you know, three, four teams in the big 12 and how good they have been all year. And it's not that surprising with who they played, you know, at the end of the year that, they would struggle necessarily. Like, yes, you would think they would losing might to win Texas one Tech and Oklahoma City, but losing to Texas Tech and Oklahoma City was really right. Like, bad. that's the only one though that really jumps out to me in terms of the Big Twelve slate. That was like, oh, they probably should have won that game. But you can have one bad game, and all the other games you can expect those to not necessarily go your way because Baylor wasn't one of the best teams in the Big Twelve this year. They were still good. They just weren't one of the best teams in the Big Twelve. So, like, yeah, it hurt dropping that Texas Tech game. But that's really the only one that really super surprised me, other than the fact that, you know, once they actually got to, like, I, I didn't expect them to to not score at all against either South Alabama or South Florida. And so, like, yeah. They, that's not ideal either. Right. But, like, leading up to the NCAA tournament, the rest of that was fairly understandable if you, you know, write off the Texas Tech game as, like, the one fluke. Obviously, you can't necessarily do that now with the with the way that they actually played down in the Gainesville regional. Um, but, you know, coming into the NCAA tournament, I don't know that that final stretch of six games that they lost were, were really that bad. Look at Andy over here. I'm usually the Baylor defender. He's being so nice to Baylor right now. So it's very sweet. I don't, I don't know why, but I, I, I don't know. <laughs> their, their men's tennis team made it all the way to the final, to the championship match of uh, the NCAA tournament, losing eventually to Florida. So props to the Baylor men's tennis team. They had quite a good run. Uh, the women's tennis team for Texas winning the national championship. So props to the Longhorns. That is huge. Look, I love Olympic sports. I love all this stuff. We'll give them all their props. Um, Big 12 baseball tournament championship gets underway this Tuesday. Interesting. You know, the Big 12 tournament used to just be because there's nine teams as baseball. So whoever finished ninth, Sorry, you just, you're done. We don't need you. Uh, they have added a 8-9 game for Tuesday. So West Virginia and Kansas uh, will face off in the 8-9 game with the winner advancing to play number one seed Texas on Wednesday. Um, I don't mean to pile on teams who've had a really rough end of the season, but TCU somehow blew the Big 12 regular season title by going 3 and six in their final nine games, losing their last three uh, series in the season. Now, granted, Louisiana Monroe doesn't count in Big 12 play, but you lost the series Louisiana Monroe. You lost the series to Kansas State, and and they Kansas State court scored seven runs in the bottom of the ninth on Saturday to get that series win over TCU. TCU falls all the way. Yes, they have a shared Big 12 title. Yes, they have a share of Big 12 title. They, they split with Texas. 
Texas did win the regular season series, so if we're going to play by those rules you shared, but it's really more like a third. I think that's a fair way to say it. It's like you get a third of the trophy and they get two-thirds of the trophy because you tied by the record, but they also beat you in the head-to-head. So we can do, you know, you guys break that trophy up however you want to. It's cool, whatever. TCU now, uh, the two-seed on Wednesday will face that Kansas State team that just kind of their their season. I am really excited for for the Big 12 championship in baseball because you've got a TCU that's sliding and Texas is playing well. You've got an Oklahoma and Oklahoma State who have turned things on the back end of the season. You've got a Texas Tech who's hit or miss. Like, I don't know who will win the Big 12 championship this year. Like, I, I and it is a, it is a tournament where you see some crazy things happen in it, honestly. But I don't have a good feeling for who's going to, who's going to come out of this as the winner. Um, you would think it would be Texas and, and TCU, but I, I could see Texas Tech making a run. I could see Oklahoma's won, won like four of their last five series. Like I could see Oklahoma pulling off a run. Oklahoma State's figured some things out, and they're getting healthy. I could see them making a run. So I'm, I'm really intrigued by the Big 12 tournament this year uh, and this week. I'm going to be watching it very closely. I think a lot of you will as well. Of course, so that starts Tuesday and run through Sunday. Uh, we will we'll update that on Thursday's episode. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. This is, again, I think I said this on Thursday. Like, we, we all care about football. We all care about men's basketball. I get all of it. That is great. How many sports did I just name off where the Big 12 is, is playing and matters, is impactful? Men's tennis, women's tennis, softball, men's golf is starting to get women's golf, baseball. Like, there's so much going on, and I get if you don't, have the time or don't care about Olympic sports, that's cool, whatever. But it's fun to just like pay attention. And I know we really only care when our school is good. Like, I, you know, who cares about men's tennis? Well, Baylor does. Who cares about women's tennis? Well, I promise you Texas fans do. Now, they're not all Texas fans because every fan base, no matter how big you are, says, who gives a shit about that stuff? We don't only care about football. That's great. <laughs> only care about whatever the, you want to care about. I'm just saying it's really good that the Big 12 is so good as a conference, despite its continued uh, – demise which is the topic we're going to talk about in just a second that baylor's men's tennis is is vying for a national championship texas women's tennis is vying for a national championship. oklahoma's the number one seed in softball like oklahoma's men's tennis te- golf is the number one ranked team but texas could probably it's just it's the big 12 is fine it is i get the football drives the bus but the big 12 is a conference amongst all sports and as a whole is doing just fine, folks. Amen. Philip Slavin of the 1012 podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. 
And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Hallelujah, amen. Pass the plate around again. Um, Okay, so as I mentioned, the Big 12 is doing just fine. Mercury News article talking about the Pac-12, the Pac-12 hotline newsletter from John Wilner. Uh, Stuart Mandel pointed this out, made a really good point. Uh, it was talking about uh, Pac-12 and revenue for the for the conference, and it pointed something out. Uh, Power 5 conference revenue shares per school for the fiscal year 2020. Okay, Big 10, no shocker, 54, uh, $54.3 million per school, SEC $45.5 million per school. And we all know the SEC is about to skyrocket because the ESPN is paying bukus upon bukus upon bukus of money for all the games that CBS has, including the SEC championship game. So they're about to just have money raining down upon them. Uh, the Big Ten is going to renegotiate their TV deal, as most conferences are soon, and they're going to have more money raining down upon them. So they're about to have, they're about to lap everybody. They almost do now. They're about to lap everybody. But an interesting note here, uh, the Big 12, third 37 million to 40.5 million per school. The Pac-12 is 33.6 million. The ACC is 30.9 to 37 million per school. The ACC on the high end is what Big 12 is on the low end, right? Big 12 figure excludes millions in local media rights, which are owned by the school. So, Andy, as you you mentioned in, in on Twitter under Stewart's tweet to someone who's like, ah, the Big 12 sucks," and you're like, "Oh, okay." Uh, yeah, pretty much. The Big 12, many Big 12 schools own their third tier rights and make money off those on their own. They're allowed the opportunity to go and sell those third tier rights, something that other conferences don't have. Looking at these numbers now, we keep talking about, and I, I saw Keegan stuff about OU to the Big 10 as blah, 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 blah. I know he's riding that bus. He's driving that bus. He's literally throwing the coal into that train engine and keeping that thing running even if the bridge is out at the end. Doesn't care. It's a problem that the Big 12 is, is so far behind the Big 12, the Big 10 and the SEC. But the Pac-12 and the ACC are further behind. Right? Yep. We're about to have contracts negotiations coming up. Okay? Big 10 and the SEC are about to make bukus. Big 12 is going to get a bigger chunk of change. Whether they expand, stay put, whatever, they're going to get more money. The Pac-12 might. They've got a new commissioner in. They're going to figure out what to do with the with the network. I would expect that the Pac-12 makes some more money. The ACC, who is behind the Pac-12 in revenue uh-huh, per school. Now, yes, that's to 37. But the ACC is locked into a 20-year deal with ESPN for the ACC network. I'm going to repeat that for you. A 20-year deal. Their numbers aren't going to change any time in the next almost two decades. Barring... Them finding a way to renegotiate, which means they probably have to add another team or two. And that's about the only way, unless some other drastic things have been built in. So the ACC is going to be falling behind everybody else. Pac-12 is going to make money, but they're not going to make as much money as the Big 12. They're not. They, they, they own their, con- their, their network, but nobody's paying for the Pac-12 network. The Big 12 is about to be, per school, per school, the third best Revenue. They are. Now you're going to say, well, they're going to make less per school. They have 10 schools per school. It doesn't matter total. What matters is per school. 
This is why when people get all pissed off, the Big 12 didn't expand. They keep talking about, like, oh, they should have. They were dumb. No, Fox and ESPN, back when the Big 12 talked about expanding, were seriously considering it. Fox and ESPN basically said, yes, it's built into the contract that we will have to renegotiate and pay you more money if you add more schools. But if you're going to bring in a Cincinnati or a Memphis and make us pay you more money, we're going to be pissed off. We're just going to come back to bite you later on. The Big 12 said, okay, we'll keep you guys happy for now and you'll pay us more later. And that's that's relationships worked pretty well so far. Is a Big 12 perfect? No. Does the Big 12 need to get a team on the, on the level of Alabama and Clemson just for and Ohio State for national pers- just perspectives or real shut the up about it yes would be nice if some other big 12 teams had more money and blah 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 blah. i don't i don't want to get into all that crap the point is i'm tired of hearing about the big 12 is doomed okay i'm tired of hearing how the big 12 is doomed the acc sucks outside of clemson period end of story well the big 12 sucks outside of oklahoma maybe not as bad as the acc does (laughs) well the the pac-12 no one gives a shit Half the West Coast doesn't give a shit. Big 12 is fine. It is a media narrative because it's fun. It's a fun media narrative. It's like the Big 12 doesn't play defense. No, it's the Big 12 doesn't have a good quarterback play. Like, shut the... Pay it... Watch the sport, okay? You guys get paid millions of dollars a year to watch something. I don't have the time. Like, please pay me that much. I will do your job. I could probably do a better job of it, Okay. I do a better job of it. I'm sitting here in my office trying to not wake my two girls up doing this on a Sunday night after an entire weekend of making my wife happy because it was her birthday. And I don't mean it that way. Don't be gross. <laughs> I guess not gross. It's weird. All right. Rant over. You guys, please uh, commence comments, thoughts, so on and so forth. <laughs> Jamie, I'll let you go first if you have anything. Oh, you know, with with the level of research I do on on football um, rights and uh, and the, and the income, I've got I've got nothing. At some point, we'll have the we'll have the tangentially related conversation of the way that different sports rights are valued and the extra money that leagues and the NCAA could be making, but that's not the conversation we're having here. But when we do get there, I'll have input for now. I do not. You, you let me know when you want to have that conversation. We'll have it. I'm on it for sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's also one of those things, Philip, like everyone's talking about how, I mean, you know, talking about, or I guess forgetting about those thir- those third tier rights because the Big Twelve is the only conference that has those additional sources of revenue from TV media rights. Um, whereas you know all these other conferences obviously have other ways to you know get m- more additional money, but like these are things that the Big Twelve schools were all able to retain because of the way that this is set up. And while yes, some of that was potentially given up with the you know with the deals that they have with ESPN Plus. Uh, you know, but like Texas has the Longhorn Network, which makes them a bunch of money. OU has, um, you know, stuff with like Bally Sports Southwest, like they all the the Fox Regional stuff. So like these other schools have found, or all the schools have found a way to kind of add additional value to that, which gets them a lot closer, you know, to the SEC than a lot of people realize. The biggest question is going to be, you know, how well the Big Twelve can keep pace, and the fact that they don't have nearly as many of these lower tier conference games or you know a lot of the 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 inventory the extra inventory that a lot of the other conferences have isn't really that valuable of inventory 
You know, it's just it's just additional inventory for them to have. So yes, they'll make some, but you know, the the whole kind of marginal returns as you add more teams and as you add more games, you're not unless you were to make a super conference of like Alabama, Georgia, you know, <laughs> Clemson, Oklahoma, Tech, like all of those top teams from every single conference and left everybody else in the dust. We're we're starting to reach a limit of how much you can add to your, you know, to what you actually bring in by adding more teams. There's just no more good teams out there that are going to add more value than what the schools are getting right now. And so the, the Big 12 is in a perfect position. They are financially stable compared to the Pac-12 and the ACC. You know, I see so many people talking about, oh, well, the Big 12 teams are going to get poached when the, when the Grand Meteorites is done. It's like, no, we are much more likely to have the Big 12 poached teams from one of those other conferences than vice versa at this point. Unless Texas pisses a bunch of people off, and nobody wants to work with them anymore, which I just don't see happening. Um, you know, I don't think the Big 12 is going anywhere. And if that's the case, they're going to continue to stay as the third best conference in terms of the amount of money that they that they generate. I will be really curious how things change in the next few years. With the, the TV contracts come up for renewal, which is going to be around the same time the playoff is going to expand. It's going to. How do all these things impact what the Big 12 does moving forward? Do they stand pat? Do they add a couple teams? Do they add a lot of teams? I, I think what's going to matter the most, and, and, and it should, this is, this is what should matter. What should matter is what is going to get you the most money per school. Because the schools you have right now are the ones you worry about the most. You're not going to bring in a team that doesn't make everyone else make more money as well. Right? So... We can all talk about expansion to 12 or 14 or 11 or whatever we want to talk about. And the impact that has in the playoff of trying to get more teams in, yada, 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 yada. If the ESPN and Fox, whoever they end up doing negotiations with, whoever they whoever they do their deals with, says the mo- comes back with the most money they're able to make is by standing pat. Most money per school, not total dollar amount. Not total dollar amount. I don't give a shit about total dollar amount. Okay. What I care about is per school because that's what matters. The Big Twelve, it was like the Big Twelve makes the the, mo- the least money. They have the fewest schools. Let's, let's so sitting here and comparing what the Pac twelve or the ACC with fourteen schools makes versus the Big Ten with their or the Big Twelve with their ten schools. Like, come on, folks. Like, like we can we can all have a little bit of constructive thinking beyond just like their numbers smaller than their numbers, so they're obviously failing. Like morons percentages math i know it's hard like i was an art major for reason but even i can do basic fucking arithmetics i believe that point is whatever is financially best for the 10 schools currently in the big 12 is what they're going to do and that's exactly what they should do they should be getting the money because guess what folks money matters it matters for all of it it matters for having success in all your sports it matters for having success in football like it's it's what they have to do and that's what they're going to do. And as much as I would love to see the Arizonas come, as much as I would love to see uh, Cincinnati, like that all sounds like fun, and, and, and it's a fun topic to have. But unless it guarantees everyone else gets extra money, then it's not going to happen. Agreed. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of money, you know where a really good place to shove your money would be? Right into the pockets of home field apparel. The most riding to the uh, the jogger pockets, if you want to, if you want to be honest, because I saw a tweet that they might have some more home field branded joggers. Mm, that's fine. I will wear home field branded apparel. That's full. 
of course, we love Home Field Apparel here as a, an official sponsor of the Tendwell Podcast with four Big 12 schools available with Baylor, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and Iowa State. The best vintage logos and unique designs you will find anywhere for those four schools on the most comfortable t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, not joggers yet, hopefully one day, that you're going to find anywhere. And I, I really don't think you understand like how comfortable and how much I enjoy wearing my home field apparel shirts. Okay, They are awesome. And they just announced the first school for Big News Saturday Season 2 is Notre Dame. And why did they use Notre Dame as the first school? Let me tell you why. Because they wanted to set the precedent so that you understand the level of which the schools that you're getting is. Okay. I'll just say this. Again, I know what the lineup is. And as much as I love when they have the like kind of cool G5 and neat FCS schools folks, Notre Dame is not the... Notre Dame is a good one. It's not the best school they have. Two of the schools they're getting are Big 12. So I want you to remember this for when, if or when your Big 12 school gets added. 1012-TEN12. That's the promo code that gets you 20% off your first order. So if you haven't shopped at Homefield yet, you've been waiting, like maybe I want to buy this Big 12 school that's not on there. I got to make sure I don't say it. I'm going to get so much trouble if I do. Or this Big 12 school that's not on there. Don't beg Philip on Twitter to tell you because he cannot or will all get in trouble. I will get, I'm not losing the sponsorship, people. I, not, none of you are worth it. Not a one of you. I love you all, but none of you are. Um, I love Homefield more. Um, 1012, T-E-N-1-2, 20% off your first order. Remember that all orders are $70 or more right now. Get free shipping. If you don't care about the schools coming, oh my gosh, i got to stop. Okay, we got to wrap this or I'm going to screw up. If you don't care about the schools coming and you just haven't bought yet, but you love the schools that are on there, like the four Big 12 schools we mentioned, or Syracuse, Virginia, Houston Baptist, Bowling Green, Slippery Rock, Marshall, Central Michigan, or Hope College, then go use the promo code 20% off your first order. Be rocking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel there is. Whew, I almost said it. Oh, I almost said one. Oh. Yeah, that would have been bad. Oh, I mean, I would have fixed it in editing. Like, I would have bleeped it out. But, you know. <laughs> now I kind of wish you actually had said one just so we could have it bleeped out. And then more ah. people would bug you and you would just tell them that, no, you can't tell them. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to do that next week. That's what I'm gonna do. Okay. Uh, let's let's move on to a different topic of discussion. Uh, this was one I wanted to discuss just because it's fun. You know, college football season is getting closer and closer and closer and closer and closer. And it actually kicks off with week zero. Week zero has continued to grow and grow and grow. It's still a weird thing to be called something week zero, right? I don't, I don't entirely understand it, uh, but it's 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 becoming a bigger deal. You know, used to we saw like one game in Australia between like Stanford and Rice, some weird stuff like that. But they've continued to gain more games. We've even got a a Big Ten conference game. I believe it's Nebraska and Illinois on week zero, and I'm still not quite sure how I feel about week zero. Like on the one hand, it is neat. It's a fun thing. It's it's kind of like a really really good appetizer before the main course starts, right? Because you know, I don't I don't I think we ha- was there a Florida game in week zero one year? Maybe I don't remember. Point is, it's interesting and it's a good way to get some eyeballs all by yourself, all by your lonesome on teams before the season really gets rolling. So I wanted to ask you guys, how would you feel or sh- should the Big Twelve have a week zero game? They get a conference game or encourage a conference team to play a week zero game. Oh, I, I thought Jamie was going to say something. 
So I'm I was going to let her I'm do it. It's the gears are still turning. Okay. And then I will jump in. I am absolutely hundred percent for it, especially if Kansas gets to do it because <laughs> it's an extra bye week I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, how many times have we heard about, you know, different players or, you know, honestly just ha- had an issue where a team goes through a super difficult stretch without a bye week because they only get one during the season. The you know, the years where the schedule works out just fine so that everybody has two bye weeks are absolutely phenomenal. It gives, you know, I think the 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 football over the course of the entire season is better. I just think it's a lot easier to manage the workload that is playing Division 1 football if you have two bye weeks in the season. And so I am all for it. I think everyone should do it. I you know, I honestly think I, I do think that there should be some sort of restrictions around it. I don't know that I want to see conference games in week zero because I feel weird enough already with conference games in week two, which we've seen several times in the last few years. Like I would love for every team to use it as an opportunity to do something kind of off the wall, whether it's, you know, like playing an international game or something special like that, um, or finding a way to do, you know, certain opponents that you don't normally do, like make it a spectacle in some fashion. Um, but I just, I mean, I like the idea of it, but I also did like the fact when like the only ones that we had were those really special games, you know, like you you had the one that was on the aircraft carrier that one time, like you have weird stuff that happens. So it's like a a lead up that everybody wants to see what I don't want to see happen is everybody to have a week zero game. Uh, I'm I'm a little selfish like that because then at that point it's not really week zero anymore. It's week one. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think that it wouldn't be. Yeah. I think that when you do it in that way, it would be fun to watch, get stuff going a little bit earlier. I totally agree. I don't know that I'd want to see conference that early. Um, you get enough complaints about, oh, you know, we played them early in the season, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know about moving stuff up to that degree. Um, but I'd be, I'd be happy to watch it, you know? I mean, I think with playoff expansion, the schedule is going to change some kind of anyways, right? So I'm wondering if week zero does become a more permanent thing across the board. That said, I mean, the slate this year is UTEP at New Mexico State, Nebraska at Illinois, UConn at Fresno State, Hawaii at UCLA, and Southern Utah at San Jose State. So it does feel like some teams who are just looking for an opportunity to get on on TV and make a little money and get an extra bye week. I like the bye week. I think that is nice. Um, And I do think once playoffs pay an extra bye week, I think an extra bye week is great. I I hate the week off from not having my team to cheer for, but I'd like my team to get healthier. You know, I know some coaches don't like bio, ex, bio weeks at all. They just want to charge through the season, which is just like, oh, yeah, let's, who, who wants to get your starting left tackle back? Not me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, coaches are coaches. I like the idea of the extra bye week. And I do think, I think what, I, I don't care if there's, I think you got to cap it. Like there can be only be this many games and, and it would be fun if there was one, there was a Florida game a couple of years ago. I feel like that was like a, this is going to be great. I would like one like kind of weird marquee week zero game. You know, like we got a couple of whatevers and then and yeah, the, the conference game is ridiculous. But I would think it would be fun to have one like OSU at Boise State. Or, or, sorry, Andy, not Kansas. But just like some like game that you're like, okay, that's interesting. Like an interesting game. It doesn't have to be like Alabama-Miami. Oh, that's not an interesting game. That's, that's going to be over in the first quarter. Point is, 
a game that week just to really get you like really just be like i was already excited but now i'm so excited for the full schedule to be coming next week ah, i i would like uh uh just a palate cleanser if i think that's a good i think that's good and a moosh boosh there we go by the way the the game you're thinking of is actually the most recent week zero game which was that not counting the covid year uh, <laughs> which was florida and miami at camping world stadium that's right that was yeah you know, it's one See? of those things too. Um, you know, the only the only bad thing about it in terms of the extra bye week is that typically when someone has a week zero, that bye week comes in like week one or week two. At which point, it's not really that big of a deal. Um, like if they could use it properly and and like make the bye week later in the schedule, then I would be all for it for everyone. Let's just spread the schedule out a little bit more. Like I, I don't know that I necessarily have a problem with you know always making sure we have like two bye weeks for everybody so we can actually use them. A little bit better and and kind of like what you know you were saying it's good to actually have that extra time for rest and and recovery and you know get your key players back but i I do agree with you like you don't also don't want it like if it's capped you wouldn't want one contender for a conference to have that extra bye week that gets spaced really well and another contender to not and have their bye week in like week three it's up to them to schedule their non-conference appropriately if you can't schedule week zero make sure your other two non-conference games if you're a big 12 team are week one and week two. And then at worst, your your bye week is week three before you start conference play, right? Um, Fair. And if you can work with the Big 12, maybe you can get a week three conference game. Weird stuff happens all the time. But I think that's on, if your week one is your bye week, that's on you for not scheduling a non-conference game for week one. That means you moved your week one up to week zero. You should plan ahead and have a week zero plan. Like, okay, we're going to do this and we also schedule da-da-da-da. So I... You can figure it out. I don't know. Okay, uh, that's enough week zero talk. Uh, we'll uh, we're gonna answer some of the uh, uh, you know quote unquote mailbag questions that we got on Twitter coming up here after this quick break. Hey everyone, this is Brady Trantham. I'm Keegan Renault, and, and we, we run, run the, the Inside, Inside OU podcast. podcast. Ever wonder what Lincoln Riley is up to? Ever wonder what a leak route is? What inexplicable loss did the Sooners suffer this time? We cover that and more on the Inside OU podcast. Every week, we drop a new episode on Thursday during the offseason. During the season, we bump it up to two times a week. If that isn't enough for you, feel free to follow our Patreon page at Through the Keyhole for more in-depth Sooner and college football coverage. Beat the rush, follow along on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Boomer! Okay, um, man, I have so many fun, weird, funny things that I thought we could talk about. Uh, North Carolina football got rings for, I don't even remember what it was. I don't even care anymore. It just was funny to me and I wanted to do that. Well, I think, I think Parker gave us a good funny one. Let's do this real quick. Um, we, we talked about this last Monday. We ran a poll on Twitter. Who should be our WNBA team to cheer for this season? I, we thought it would be the fever because they've got like three big 12 players on it. The sky came back in the running because I brought Natasha Mack back, but leave it to Iowa state fans to so do what Iowa state fans do best. It's win. Twitter polls, it never fails. And so, the Jamie, I believe your Minnesota Lynx <laughs> won that Twitter poll. So we've got the Lynx from the Twitter poll that won. We've got Phillip, Lynx is Phillip, your team. You mean our Minnesota Lynx. <laughs> Get it right. There you go. Our Minnesota Lynx. So we are officially adopting the Minnesota Lynx as the 10-12 WNBA team for the season that we will be watching and cheering for. Um, Jamie, can you tell us a little bit about our Minnesota Lynx and how the season has started and why we should be excited to be on board with, with this particular squad? 
Well, it has started a little tough. This is not this is not good. This is not a good start. So okay. Nafisha Collier is the best player on the team and has only just cleared COVID protocols. So she has not played in any of the three games to start the season, all of which the Lynx have lost. This is the first time that Coach Cheryl Reeve has ever been 0-3 with the Lynx. However, fee changes like the entire landscape of the team. Um, you get to watch Sylvia Fowles, who is like one of the most incredible players to ever play in the WNBA. She is, she was out for a lot of last season injured and is back. Like she never left. Like she is absolutely incredible out there. You've got obviously, uh, you know, the, the source of the, the victory, you've got Bridget Carlton who has started the last two games with coming back probably will be moved back to the bench but will be like the sixth man coming off um and just they they've got a really good chemistry they work really hard um i think that now they've got almost a full week off to get nefesia back into the rotation like that's just the way that the schedule worked out which is kind of wild um but they lost a heartbreaker that i was at on thursday night um, gave up a pretty substantial lead in the fourth quarter and ended up losing to the storm at home. But they go back out to Seattle this coming week to hopefully right the ship, get a little retribution. Um, they're, they're genuinely an extremely fun team to watch, but there's a lot of that going around the WNBA this year. There's been some incredible games already. And the league is also more accessible to watch than ever. They've got great partnerships with Twitter, Facebook, um, a lot of games streaming on the platforms. And then you've also got CBS sports streaming a lot of um, um, some other networks. So it's, it's definitely worth watching the league in general, but yeah, the links I think have, they've got a lot of winning ahead of them. It's just been kind of getting everything together. They had a lot of moves in the off season. So it is a very different team from last year that just had to kind of the cohesion going. Uh, their next game looks like is uh, on the 28th against the storm uh we look forward to our uh jumping on the fan wagon fan wagon fan wagon fan base we'll say fan wagon uh help, being the thing that helps turn this team around and yes. straight through for a, a WNBA title um okay so we got we, we put a call out for a mailbag just wanted to get some questions off of twitter that we could answer I, i'm not going to get to all of these we got uh, we got a few different ones that were interesting we got three uh good ones and i don't i don't think we have time for all three but um we will get to the ones soon that we do not get here. I would say it just means we're going to have some for next time. Correct. And we'll do another call out again. Uh, I, start, I want to start with this one. I thought this was interesting. Uh, Kyle G. Edema uh, asking, I hope I pronounced that right. I really do. I'm sorry, <laughs> Kyle, if that's not pronounced Edema. He's like, Adama. I'm like, all right, well, you know, it's Twitter. I don't, I'm, okay. Uh, what conference do you see becoming the first to jump into a streaming service like Netflix or Amazon? What are the chances it's the Big 12? I think this one's easy. Got to be honest. Please. The the conference that needs to make up the biggest gap and needs to get creative to do it is the Pac-12. Also, you know, consider the fact they're out in California. Probably, you know, there is a, a Bezos connection. Like, I mean, I could easily see them jumping on an Amazon, like Amazon Prime, um, you know, doing some sort of deal there. 
not necessarily making it exclusive, but like I could I could see the Pac-12 leaning into that as their opportunity to try to close the gap. And if it if it's well, super successful, then hey, great for them. You know, they they found a way to not be the fifth best Power Five conference. But I mean, I think they're the ones that need to take the risk of something like that. And I think they're going to be the first ones to actually do it because they kind of had connections. Well, and I have the same answer for a slightly different reason that, you know, they've got a new commish who's got all this history in the entertainment industry and as well as the sports industry, obviously. But you talk about connections for the conference, you add on the connections from the new commissioner. And I really don't think that there's another good answer beyond the Pac-12, except for, I mean, maybe a smaller conference would be looking for that connection, but I don't think that they would be bringing enough to the table to entice the streaming service. And I think the Pac-12 has the best merit of benefiting substantially from it, but also having enough to bring to the table to make the deal beneficial to both sides. So I don't I hate to answer this this way, but I don't think it's as easy as who's going to be the first one to jump in. Because I don't think it's going to be as simple as – I would say if anyone's going to do it, it's Apple or Amazon. And I don't think it's as simple as they're just going to come in and sign a contract with a conference. I mean, you look at what that has been done with the NFL. It's a very slow, gradual process okay, that, that Amazon has been doing. They got the, – they like coded the Thursday night game. Now they're going to have a game. Like I, I don't think it will be a – Someone just comes in and signs, we're going to sign a 10-year contract with the Big 12 or the Pac-12 or whatever. I think it will be a, there'll be some testing. There'll be a lot of data gathering by pulling in a game or two, right? Like maybe kind of like, I would almost say like the SEC has done with CBS where CBS got their one game a week and the SEC championship game. I could see a an Apple, and I think Apple and Amazon are the two ones who would do it. I don't think Netflix is going to have the money. I don't. And it, and it, it doesn't, I don't think it's Netflix. I think Apple, I think Amazon are the two right now who would make the most sense. I think one of them does similar to what CBS did with, with SEC and and finds a conference and gives them a good amount of money to do so and says, we're going to get your marquee game. we get your first pick. Now, the trick for that is, are they ready to do it? I think, I think they're still figuring things out with the NFL, and I, I think it will be a very, very slow process. Um, I'm not sure it happens this time around. I know we're all thinking about unplugging everything. ESPN has got their ESPN Plus. I know it's not always great. I get that. I, I don't think it's as easy as like someone's just going to jump in and sign a contract and, and have a 10-year deal and all your games are here. I don't think it. I don't think so. I think it's going to be a very gradual process. I also think there's still issues with you're the Big 12. We hear all the time about West Virginia and internet sucks in West Virginia. State of, of West Virginia. There are too many people who live in rural areas who can't get the internet. They can't deal streaming. They have to watch games on TV. If it when when there's ESPN Plus stuff, West Virginia fans are pissed because they a lot of them can't get it. A um, lot of Kansas fans are too and Kansas State because you you get to rural Kansas and it's really hard to find decent internet that can actually stream. I know I know of plenty of people, even big like big donors who have problems just because of where they live. And so, yeah, it's definitely one of those things, especially in the middle of the country, you're going to have a hard time finding someone go. Now, I do think, though, like, I don't know it's necessarily going to be 
like 100% streaming. Like, I don't even think that's what the question is. I think it's more of having a conference deal with a streaming service. And I mean, it would have to be, I think, one of those conferences that has, you know, the the full, like their own network. So it'd have to be like the Pac-12 network or even the ACC network. But the, the deal the ACC network has with ESPN and ESPN Plus, I think is long enough that they're, you know, someone else is going to do it before they actually finish up that deal. I think the Big 12 and the Pac-12 make the most sense because the Pac-12 has their own network that they control, and the Big 12 doesn't have a network. Now, the Big 12's issue, again, Texas having the Texas network. OU does a lot of their own stuff. Like I I don't think it's going to happen soon. I don't think it's going to be just like, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of stuff happens, but it's also why you're seeing ESPN push more and more and more to ESPN+. Plus. Like, I get the ESPN Plus game sucked especially for basketball, like they weren't great. And I understand that there's some service issues sometimes. And it drives me up the wall that they can't give me the ability to just pull up the teams I want to maybe scroll for an hour to find the Oklahoma State softball game. Like, I know that's a silly thing to complain about, but like it's 2021. Let me pick favorites and you always move my favorites to the top line, to a line, like Netflix, literally like, here's what you like Seriously. to watch. Here, Continue yeah. watching. Yes, I want to watch these teams. Like, that's what I want. Like, do that. Make that happen. It would make you, I would love you. I would never watch anything but ESPN Plus. I, seriously. But, like, I think they still have a lot of kinks to work out. But I think ESPN is pushing that direction more and more and more. I don't, they may be the digital option, right? Like, that might just be what it is. I, I like the question. I think it's a complicated question. I think jumping into, I think the Pac-12 or the Big 12 makes the most sense. Um, just based off of where things stand. I also like the question because it got you really riled up, Philip. I love getting riled up. Um, okay, so Ronald, I'm going to say it's 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 Natal. Um, gave us a great question. I'm going to save it for next time, Ronald. I apologize. It was the last one to come in, and I don't. I'm not ready to do name, image, and likeness stuff yet because we're going to probably have a podcast or two about that specifically coming up. So I'm going to move that to the bookmarks, and we'll talk about that one next time. Our good friend Parker, Mister Stats and Four. Um, sent me a, I like a good funny thing and we're going to wrap the show on this this feels like a good wrapping spot Parker sent us here's the question <laughs> my brain is no longer moving linear which Big 12 coach would win the following events number one is a chess tournament number two is an arm wrestling tournament number three is a bake-off I hope you guys have your answers to this I don't is this is this football only <sighs> This feels I like think, football. I think this is. I think we need to leave it to football. It gets way too complicated. It's gonna get way too, it, so. way too niche. So let's. Uh, okay, that that works. Let's stick with football. Let's start. Let's just go one by one. Chess tournament. Who do you guys think? And let's stick with head coaches. Not. We're not gonna do OCs. Just head football coaches in the Big Twelve. Who do you guys think wins a chess tournament? I mean, I'm. I'm struggling with this one mainly because, I mean, I, obviously. Obviously, anyone who actually plays chess, and I have no idea if any of them actually do. Um, so I'm at a basis instead off of who actually makes like, you know, I mean, on the field stuff. So best at in-game adjustments, those sorts of things. I, I don't. The, the problem being as well, we haven't necessarily seen for one. So I, I'm going to have to go with either Chris Kleiman um, or Matt Campbell. Though It's going to be, I think, between one of those two. I'm just not sure which one. I probably would give the edge to Kleiman. Oh, you took you took uh took the words out of my mouth. Um, however, I think I will agree with Kleiman because I agree with the on the field aspect of it, 
And then when you get to the off the field aspect, everything I hear is that, you know, football coaches really like to drive home like the, I care about football and family and that's it and blah, blah, blah. Everything I've ever heard about Matt Campbell is that he is like the most genuine embodiment of that. And so I don't think he has time to play chess. So I think that I would go with climbing. <laughs> you know, the, the other thing to kind of think about here is that like coaches who like, for example, a guy like Leipold, I wouldn't have said because he has the, the way he likes to do things. You know, he does it very, very straightforward every single time, mm-hmm. no matter how analytical you are. Um, chess, you have to be extremely flexible. You have to react really well to what everyone else is doing. And like, if you go in with a set strategy, you're going to lose because everybody can take advantage of that. And so like, I, I feel like people that have shown that they can be flexible, that they can succeed multiple different ways. Um, since we're not talking about coordinators, like maybe, maybe certain coordinators on certain staffs could potentially do that. But head coaches, I, I just think that Kleiman's the one that seems to have done it successfully in the most different ways. I don't know anything about chess except for watching Queen's Gambit. So. I wonder who would make the first Queen's Gambit reference. Um, I'm going to be lame here and I don't even care. I'm just going to say Lincoln Riley. Like, I'm sorry. The guy knows how to win. Um, the guy knows how to use what he has uh, effectively. Um, and we're talking about strategy. He also has here. a whole lot more than everyone else. Well, but we're talking about strategy here. Like he, even when teams rise up and challenge him, he still finds the right moves in the right ways to win. Like you don't win the Big Twelve every year. Even Bob had points where they would slip near the end. Like. Even when they have close games, like you look at the the title games between Baylor and I'll say, oh, you still finds ways to out strategize and out think and out figure everybody out. And I he, I think we can say he they have the more talent. Texas has more talent. Texas has sucked, so I mean, we can well, play yeah, that but, game all day. But 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 again, like if if you play chess and replace all your bishops and knights with queens. Then yeah, you're gonna win because you have better pieces. You can well, do more with those pieces. Good job going out and swapping out and getting a bunch of queens as opposed to a bunch of pawns. Well, yeah, but but you can't actually do that in chess. Like you, everyone's on an even footing. I, I just I just think that Lincoln Riley gets a boost that I can't necessarily quantify from the fact that he always has better people. He'd be the guy. Talent. He'd be the guy that I hear of. Uh, my friends once told me that they got on a losing streak and playing like online chess, and so. He opened up a second window and started playing the exact same game against the computer and just started making the moves that the computer was making against him and basically cheated his way into winning. And so if that's the argument you want to make, you, Did not you cheating, call Lincoln Riley but, a cheater? No, 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 no. Oh, cheating. man. You're play, let's, call it, let's, let's call it playing 4D chess. You've got extra resources on the back end. Not cheating, because okay. there's technically nothing against the rules about doing that. So. Okay. Uh, number two, arm wrestling tournament. Which Big 12 coach is winning an arm wrestling tournament? It's not Lincoln Riley. Anybody? I, I don't know. B. Is it the I don't mullet? know about that one. I think, Unless... he, I think he's arm wrestling with one hand and drinking a beer in the other, and I don't think he's breaking a sweat. <laughs> or honestly... He's gonna he's gonna say things that um, distract his opponents. Oh, know. absolutely. He's like he's like kicking them under the table a little bit too. 
trash talking, I mean, saying outlandish things just to get people to react so he can take advantage. He's shaking the mullet out. That mullet's a bit distracting on its own. I mean, let's be honest. Like that you know thing what? when it when it, Some... it gets the lighting and gets a little breeze into it. Well, and it's a little bit distracting. I hadn't thought of you know the mullet. I mean, you know, there is a reason that that uh, Samson never cut his hair. So maybe that's a secret. Deep cuts. Uh, I will say this. I I kind of wonder if 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 uh, if Dave Aranda would give us a run for his, for our money. Like I I I I think Dave Aranda might might do a pretty good job in this. Like I think that would be your title game would be Gundy and then Aranda. But then I like Gundy so lackadaisical. Like I, I just don't know if he'd even care. Like that's the other problem. Like, would he care enough? Like, I almost wonder if it would be Matt Campbell in this situation. Let's like, being honest. Like, everybody coming in, everybody's been like working out for for a week to get ready for it. Matt Campbell's like five star strategy over five star curls. So we're gonna go with that. <laughs> Terrible, isn't it? Oh yeah. my gosh! I wanted so badly for that to work. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> moving on uh, I, I feel like at least one person just unsubscribed after that line alright last one number three uh, Bake Off who who do you think is the best baker in the Big 12 and why is it why is it Lance Leipold wait a minute what? why do you say Lance Leipold how about you go first this time Philip? Uh, okay Lance Leipold he's a very baking is but all why? about following the recipe it's about sticking by the book. And you yourself said he's a guy who likes things the way that he likes things, right? He likes to do things a set way. Lance Leipold is a by-the-book kind of guy. He seems like someone who, okay, I need one egg. I need a teaspoon of olive oil. I need a cup and a half. of. He is by the book. Lance Leipold would have the most like beautiful, perfect cake, by-the-book recipe. Gundy would have like a rattlesnake in his, uh, you know, Matt Wells would be, would be concaving inside of itself. Uh, Lincoln Riley probably just, he, you know, it would be, it'd look really, really pretty, but you know, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't hold up to a, a good offensive attack. Um, just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm going with that's, that's cold, man. Why? Doesn't mean he can't coach football. Jamie, who you got? (laughs) There's so much pressure. I don't know. This is so far outside of my wheelhouse. This I got a good one to finish this up on. So, so just come up with something. (laughs) Uh, I mean, when. I don't know. I don't know. I I wish I wish it was Mike Gundy. I wish that Mike Gundy could just whip out like some beautiful cupcakes. <laughs> don't you? Don't you wish that somewhere like one of his relatives has a picture of Gundy with like a little tie on apron? I hope that's true. Yeah, fair. G- Gundy's oh cupcakes would have like a fa- would have fondant mullets on them. That's yeah. No, no. Gunny's cupcakes would just be fondant. <laughs> he would just like sculpt it to make it look like a cupcake. It'd be beautiful. It'd taste like horrific. Disastrous. Oh my gosh. 
No, okay. So I'll I'll finish this up then. I'm gonna go with uh, Gary Patterson. Yes, um, I was my second option. That yes. was my dark Look, horse. Oh, here here here's what it comes down to. Okay, to win a bake off, it's, it's, especially since we're not you know talking about anything specific. Like it's not like a cooking competition where you have to be super flexible. Okay, it's a bake off. You pick the one thing that you're really good at. And you and you take it, and everybody judges it. The one thing that Gary Patterson is really good at is getting his defense to play the way he wants them to. He is so stubborn; he can take so many different random things and throw them together, and yet somehow still have a good defense every single year. And so Gary Patterson is going to come with I don't know that one like German chocolate cake or something that he has a special recipe that he got from his you know his like great 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 grandma, and he's going to blow everybody else away with it. If anybody was going to, if a Big 12 coach was going to have a cooking show when they were done, it would be Gary Patterson. And it would be a ripoff of Trisha Yearwood's show where he would bake something with a friend and then he would sing them a song at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, either that or he's just going to start a cooking show with Trisha Yearwood. Oh, yeah, that's even better. And then they would just do it at the end of every episode. Oh, that's perfect. So we figured out what Gary Patterson's going to do after his coaching career. And it's it's a cooking show in which with Trisha Yearwood in which they sing songs at the end. I feel like Gary, we, need we to get expect royalties. I, was saying, I think we need to get friend of the podcast, Melissa Trebowasser, to pitch that to Gary. <laughs> she's going to she's going to block me on like <laughs> I hope, Parker, I hope you're proud of what you've done. I'm going to make sure you listen to this because I hope you are proud of what you've done and you deserve this. Um, okay. I think that's, that this is probably, we, we have to wrap here. There's no way to, there's no way we can bounce back to anything. Uh, Andy, where can everybody check you out on Twitter? Yeah. Uh, over, over on Twitter, follow me at AndyMitch12. You can also follow my KU podcast at Rock Chalk Pod. Uh, Jamie, same question. Uh, at J Styes, J S T E Y Z, all platforms. Uh, I'm it's just keep it, just keep uh, it. Help. <laughs> look, look, you can just you can just hyphenate your display name and just keep J Styes. Yep. Uh, you can follow us at 1012podcast, D-E, and the number 12 the word podcast. Follow us on the gram at 1012pod. Uh, make sure to go to homefieldapparel.com. And spend, get 20% off with the promo code 1012. And of course, follow them on Twitter at Homefield Apparel. Uh, do us a favor, please. Uh, we It's the off season. We're trying to create some really fun content. We've had a couple of coaches on the show. Coach Pinkerton, Iowa State Softball. Uh, Coach Mulkey, Baylor Acrobatics and Tumbling. We're going to keep trying to bring some, some coaches of different sports to highlight them over the next few weeks. I'm pissed off at myself because I kind of blew an opportunity for the uh, the TCU beach volleyball coach. That's my bad because did you know the TCU has beach volleyball? They do. Who doesn't want to learn more about that? I do because I am a sicko. But do us a favor. Help us grow the show so we can get more coaches to come on, more interesting interviews, help make this show even better. You can do that simply by subscribing rating and reviewing the show five stars if you don't mind leave us a review we'll read it here on the show it really does help the show out um tell a friend seriously if you got a friend who likes the big 12 and you think would like the show sit them down tie them to a chair put some headphones on their ears and and force them to listen to at least an episode or two i I would suggest like the defensive line rankings obviously we'll continue those with the offensive line soon Um, so do us a favor share it with a friend retweet it leave us a rating and review we would really appreciate it. Uh, we will be back on Thursday. and uh, We've got a lot to get to, so I'm looking forward to it. And we will talk to you guys then.
Sports Social Podcast Network.